Hi and welcome. This is Create English on Radio Ripollet. My name's Gabor and, uh, well, we've got some interesting things for today too, so you might just want to stay with us, enjoy the program and, of course, learn English. And what have we got for today? Well, we're going to kick off with pronunciation. Then I'm going to answer a student's question. It's about grammar. Then we've got an interview coming up with uh, two students talking about Christmas. And then this will take us to our children's block, our kids' block. And we've got uh, today we've got Laura and Daniel here with us again. And they're going to chat and um, there will be a dialogue with exercises. And then Daniel is going to sing a song for us. So that's going to be great. Don't miss that. Well, and to finish off today's program, we're going to listen to the last part of Burnout Horse, answer the questions from the previous program, and then just say goodbye for today. Hope you have a good time. Right, so here we are uh, with the pronunciation block, and uh, what I thought what I thought uh, we could do is just uh, take a look back at the uh, programs that we've done, and um, just to refresh some of the uh, pronunciation issues, and um, and well, in the first program we uh, had a song, and in this song uh, there were several words which we looked at, but one is island. Well, island is written with an S, so that is I-S-L-A-N-D, but the pronunciation is island. So you don't pronounce the S in it. Well, this is not so surprising in English. Um, I mean, that you write things in one way and you pronounce them in a different way. Another similar word is uh, isle. Now, what's isle? Uh, that's written as A-I-S-L-E. And this is the passage that's on airplanes, you know, between the seats. That's where the flight attendants pass and offer you drinks and food and stuff like that. Um, so you've got a window seat next to the window and then you've got an aisle seat at the other end of the seats. And there's usually a middle seat or several in between. But uh, the thing is, the word is pronounced aisle, and it's written as A-I-S-L-E. So remember, the two words, island and aisle, are pronounced without S. You can see the S written, but it's not pronounced. Uh, right, in the October program, we did a little exercise with a student in the studio, uh, with the sound which is often pronounced too hard by um, Spanish speakers. Not everybody, but I think uh, quite a few students say it harder than, than uh, you know, it's usually pronounced in English. So, um, well, just some words to remind you of how it's done. Instead of saying, how are you, we say, how are you? So it should be uh, not and hello should be hello, and uh, Henry is Henry, and uh, happy is 
happy in English. Just to remember to make it softer. How to do that? Well, go back and listen to the October program, and you will find out from the、uh, pronunciation section. And then to、uh, well, in the previous program we had a sound.、Uh, we had two sounds actually、um, represented by the letter L, right? The letter L. It's pronounced in two different ways in English. And well,、um, we used words like little, people, travel. And if you observe in these words, the L at the end is pronounced l. Oh, and、um, well, if you do it this way, it will be easier to avoid pronouncing people as people and little as little, right? So it's not a little bit; it's a little bit. And instead of、uh, people are happy, you could just say people are happy. Okay. Well, if you're interested, go back. You can find this in the November program of Create English on Ripollet Radio. You've got more examples there to do. So this was、uh, the pronunciation section, and let's move on to our grammar for today. Okay, so、uh, as I said,、uh, grammar is coming up, and、uh, I've got a concrete question from a student who says,、uh, who's asking,、um, what's the difference between have and have got? And、uh, well, thanks for the question; it's a good one.、Uh, and let me try and answer it now for you as quick as possible. One minute grammar question time.、Uh, what's the difference between have and have got? Well, my quick answer would be、um, they can mean the same thing. Although in、uh, American English, have is more general. It's you know, people use have for everything mostly,、um, not everybody, but as a general tendency. And then in Britain,、um, you can hear have got and have. Too. Now,、um, when we talk about this difference, then、um, uh, have alone would be used for things that you don't own, don't possess, but for things that you、um, you do routinely, and then you have them. Like you have a lesson every Thursday, you know, you have a yoga lesson every Thursday, or you you often have questions in the English class. So these would be things that you regularly do. Um, as opposed to things that you have got as a possession, would be expressed with have got. So in this case, you would just say,、um, for example, I've got a dog, or I've got a house, or I've got a new car, and you could say, well, I've got a question just now, but not every time. So to sum up,、uh, if you want to say that you own something, something belongs to you or to somebody else. Then you just say,、um, "I've got, she's got, we've got things." Yes,、um, as opposed to well, when you just、uh, talk about 
things that happen on a regular basis, like a class, a lesson, a guitar lesson, like you have ballet on Monday and your son has guitar lessons on Wednesdays, for example. Well, I hope this was clear, and let's move on now. So this was the grammar block for today. We're going to continue with an interview um, between two students. They're going to talk about the Christmas holidays. And, uh, well, I have some uh, questions for you to listen out for. Um, so please take notes. And if you need to, go back and listen again so you can answer the questions. So we've got two students talking about Christmas. And, uh, well, the student one and student two. And student one opens the conversation with a question. And she says, Are you going to celebrate Christmas at home? So she asks the other student. Well, then the other student answers. And they, um, you know, they continue talking about this uh, topic, about Christmas. Now, also listen out for why Christmas is a special day for student two. So Christmas time, why is it so special for her? She doesn't celebrate at home. She celebrates somewhere else. And the question is, where does she celebrate Christmas? Not at home, yeah, somewhere else. Next question, why does uh, student one say, wow? Okay, she's like surprised at something. Why is she surprised? Okay, the next question is, where does student one celebrate Christmas? And another question would be, uh, what does she say about uh, the person who cooks at Christmas? Uh, what is her specialty? Um, now, the family of student two do the cooking together. And um, there is a reason. And what does she say? Why do they choose to share the cooking and not just leave it um, to one person in the family. She explains that. What is the reason? And the first student who opens the conversation also asks the last question. What is this last question about? And what is it exactly? All right, so let's listen. Try and answer these questions. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Here we go. Are you going to celebrate Christmas at home? Yes, we usually go to my mother's house at Christmas. It's the only day when the whole family gets together. It's a special day for me. Do you have a big family? Yes, I have two brothers and two sisters. So there is 22 of us with husbands and wives and kids. Wow, 22! Your Christmas must be lots of fun. Yes, it is. My favorite time of the year. What about you? I usually celebrate Christmas at my aunt's house, but uh, we get together on other days too, during Christmas time. Who does the cooking? My aunt. She cooks very well. What does she usually cook? Roast chicken with plums and dried fruit. But desserts are her specialty. Mmm, sounds lovely. 
Does your mother cook for all of you? No, actually, we do it differently. It would be too hard for my mother to cook for all of us. So we decided to share the work. You cook together then? Well, everyone cooks a part of the meal at home and we take it along for the dinner. That's a good idea. I've never thought of it. And have you written the Christmas wish list yet? No, but we are thinking. Yeah, okay. So we've just listened to a dialogue between two students about Christmas. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor. And uh, we're going to answer the questions now that I asked you before listening to the dialogue. The first one was, uh, where is student two going to spend Christmas and uh, what do they usually do? And why is it a special day for her? And the answer is that uh, her family gets together um, at her mother's house, right? And it's a special day for her because this is the only day during the year when the whole family gets together. Why is student one surprised? Because student two has a big family. There's 22 of them on Christmas Day. And, well, it's just, you know, it's a large family when they get together. You know, all the husbands and wives and the kids and etc. Now, um, the next question was, where does student one celebrate Christmas? And uh, what does she say about the person who does the cooking? And, uh, well, she celebrates at her aunt's house. And, um, and what she says about her aunt is that uh, she cooks very well. And her specialty are the desserts. Yes, the last sweet part of the meal. The desserts. These are her specialty. Yes, um, the last but one question was, what does student two say about sharing the cooking? Why do they do it that way? Everybody participates uh, in the cooking. Why, why is that? Now, uh, the reason why they do it that way is because it would be too difficult, too hard for her mother to cook for 22 people, just uh, to make it easier for the mother. And the last question was, which was the closing question of student one, uh, if student two and the family have already done the wish list for Christmas. You know, the wish list, like what you would like to receive for Christmas. And, uh, well, she says that they haven't, they haven't started yet, but they're thinking. Okay, so this was the dialogue. And if you liked it, go back and listen to it one more time or a couple more times and, uh, and just practice your listening skills. Next up is a selection of uh, certain parts of uh, the interview that I made with my guest in June, um, in the program in June. And I've picked some parts that I think are useful and interesting to look at. So that's coming now.
Well, in June, I had an interview with uh, Jordi, and Jordi is the director of two choirs in Ripollet. And, uh, well, let's just listen to this little clip here that I've picked, uh, because I want to comment something about it. The society of, uh, that has two, two choirs. Uh-huh. Yep, so what did Jordi say? He said, two choirs, two choirs. What does this mean? Well, the choirs are lo, las corales, yeah, coros, las corales. And uh, people get confused with the pronunciation of this word. Many students say chores or choirs or whatever. No, it's choir, even though the spelling is C-H-O-I-R. Yes, well, let's take the second clip here, and uh, then I'm going to make some comments about this one too. Uh, so, uh, since then... I'm, I'm conducting this, uh, yes, this choir. Okay. Well, um, Jordi said, uh, well, since then, I'm conducting these two choirs. Uh, there's a bit of a mistake here, because in English, um, when, you, when you speak about an action that began in the past and uh, has continued to the present and is still uh, happening and is probably and is likely to continue then you use a different structure. Uh, you're supposed to say it in a different way, and the correct form would be, uh, I've been conducting this choir since then, or I've conducted, I have conducted this choir since then. Create English today. So let's hear the next clip. Right. Yeah, we have a concert uh, this Sunday. Huh? One more time. Right. Yeah, we have a concert uh, this Sunday. Uh-huh. Okay, as you could hear, he said, we have a concert this Sunday. And is this correct? Well, yes, it's a, it's good. Um, you could also say, we are having a concert this weekend. You know, the uh, present continuous form used for planned future actions. But uh, the simple present for scheduled events is also used and is heard, like, you know, we have a concert tonight, or we have a concert at the weekend. These sound fine. Let's move on. Uh, Let's listen to the next clip, which is about the verb listen. And there is a small thing here that students often forget. So let's just listen. Here we have listened a a gospel. Here we have listened a a gospel. Yes, now Jordi here says... Here we have listened a gospel. Here we have listened a gospel. And just remember that in English, it's not listen something, but listen to something. So you need this little to preposition. Listen to something. So the correct form would be, we've just listened to a gospel. You are listening to Create English on Radio Ripollet. My name's Gabor, and we're going to continue with our kids' block now, which is for ki- for children to practice English and learn new words, vocabulary. And today, um, I have a guest, Daniel, who was my guest in the past as well. 
he's going to sing a song for us and I'm going to be helping him with pronunciation and some technique. And I hope you will enjoy this uh, part as much as I did when I was with him working on this song. Well, so here with me is Daniel. Uh, good to see you here. Hello. Um, Daniel is going to sing a song for us, a song that I wrote some time back. It's a song about a box and apples and elephants and, and cars also, and a bike and other things. What we're going to do is, uh, well, basically you are going to learn the song and I'm going to help you with some pronunciation and some, uh, well, some technique. So let's get down to it. Uh, can I ask you to stand here in front of the microphone, please? Yeah, is it comfortable? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, first of all, let's go through the, uh, well, the things that we can hear in the song. Let's just go over these words, okay? I would like you to repeat them. So stand in front of the microphone, please. And just say, box. Box. Apple. Apple. Eggs. Eggs. Feather. Feather. Elephant. Elephant. Milk. Milk. Uh-huh. Can you say a bit more E, like milk? Milk. Cadillac. 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 Uh-huh. Beetle. Beetle. And uh, bike. Bike. Okay, that's it. Now, we're going to say the same words with the articles in front of them. So, let's repeat the words with a and an. Listen. A box. A box. An apple. An apple. A feather. A feather. An elephant. An elephant. A Cadillac. A Cadillac. A beetle. A beetle. A bike. A bike. Okay, great. So let's start the song and let's start learning it. Let's sing. Just the melody. Yeah, very good. Let's put the words to the melody, right? Um, the words are a box is square, an apple is not. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Let's see how it, how it goes. A box is square, an apple is not. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Uh, where you say eggs are oval, gig me, gig me a lot, gig me. It's not gig me, it's give me, give me. And I think that was it, so let's try it again. Yeah, this is very good. Now, I'd like you to repeat, but 
I'd like you to say uh, the following together. Listen. A boxes. A boxes. A boxes. Uh-huh. A boxes square. A boxes square. An apple is not. An apple is not. And when you sing, can you try that uh, just now? Like, a box is square, an apple is not. A box is square, an apple is not. Yeah, but you have to pronounce the consonants. Do you know what consonants are? So, we need these consonants. A box, a box is square, exactly. an apple is not. Yes. Eggs are oval. Listen. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Give me? No. Give me. Uh-huh. Otra vez. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Okay, let's try it with music now. There we go. Okay, sin miedo, sin miedo, otra vez, lo mismo. Canta para allá. A box is square, an apple is not. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Okay, no, no pasa nada. Don't worry. Let's repeat. Sing there. A box is square, an apple is not. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Great. Eggs are oval, give me a lot. Fantastic. Very good. Great. I think this is great. Let's let's move on to the second verse. And the second verse has the following. A feather is light. A feather is light. An elephant's not. An elephant's not. Milk is sweet. Milk is sweet. But don't drink it too hot. But don't drink it too hot. Ah, drinking. It's not drinking. Drink it. But don't drink it too hot. Yeah. But don't drink it too hot. But don't drink it too hot. But don't drink it too hot. Uh-huh. This is the way we say it. Así lo decimos. And with the music, con la música, it's a little different. Hmm? And let's do it with the music now. A feather is light, an elephant's not. Milk is sweet, but don't drink it too hot. Milk is sweet, but don't drink it too hot. Okay, great. Yes, what uh, we're going to repeat one more time, and I'd like you to say the words a bit more. Que digas las palabras con más, que se noten más. Listen. A feather is light. A feather is light. Ahí. An elephant's not. An elephant's not. Milk is sweet. Milk is sweet. Ah, sweet. Sweet. Uh-huh, yes. Milk is sweet. But don't drink it too hot. But don't drink it too hot. Drink it too hot. Drink it too hot. Okay, fantastic. Now do the same. Haz lo mismo. Cantando. 
singing. Okay, here we go. ¿No te gustó? No. Vale, otra vez entonces. Ah, que no, no te gustó algo. Eso, sweet. Sweet, exacto, no es sweet, es sweet. Por eso. Repetimos. Let's repeat again. Muy bien. One more time. Okay, Daniel. This is great. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, thanks to you. And, uh, well, I hope you like this little lesson here. This was the song Box that, well, I wrote for children to learn and practice English. We haven't finished this song, but we've worked on two verses, and Daniel has done a very good job. And uh, thank you, Daniel, for helping me with this song, and see you next time. See you. What a great experience to work with Daniel. Um, I really liked the way he, um, you know, the way he was listening and, and doing the things that I was telling him. And he improved his uh, pronunciation and, uh, you know, and his, uh, you know, way of singing the phrases in just one song. So that was great. Um, so this is uh, Create English and uh, we're continuing with the kids block. And we've got two students, two young learners. One is Daniel, actually, and the other one is Laura. We met them in the previous program, and uh, we're continuing with um, a new dialogue between the two students, so that's coming up. But first, um, I'm going to play a clip um, that I recorded when, uh, when we were working on this dialogue with Laura and Daniel, so that's coming. that's what we're going to hear first. And then Laura is going to uh, say some statements, and we will have to decide whether they're true or false. And But for that, we will have to listen to the dialogue. So first, let's listen to how I worked with them on the dialogue and how we learned some new vocabulary. And then let's listen to the statements made by Laura. And then let's decide if they're true or false as we listen to the dialogue. Okay, so I've got Laura and Daniel with me again here. Hello. 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 And uh, we're going to do a little dialogue. But before that, a few expressions. Let me ask you, and please tell me if you know them or not. Okay? The first one would be, I see. Do you know what this means? No, I don't know. Daniel, do you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, this means, ah, lo entiendo. 
The second one is, I don't know. Do you know what this means? Yes, I do. Quiere decir, yo no sé. Yeah, o no lo sé. O no lo right, sé. Okay. Uh, what does the next one mean? How do you say, for example, how do you say apple in Spanish? Do you know what this one means? Yes, I do. Uh, quiere decir, ¿cómo se dice, por ejemplo, cómo se dice manzana en español? Ah, uh -huh, correct, okay. Really? Do you know what this means? Really? De verdad. Yes, correct, okay. And the next one is, same here. Do you know what that means? Como yo. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, it uh, could be. Podría ser, sí. Huh? Como yo, o yo también. You'll see from the dialogue how to use this expression, okay? Ya veremos cómo se usa esta expresión. And the last one would be, that's good. Me suena, pero no me acuerdo. Mm. Do you know what that means? Yes, I do. Uh, that's good quiere decir, está bien, o... Ah, o qué bien, Está o... bien, o qué bien. Vale. Bien. Right. Okay, so let's do the dialogue now, right? This is a dialogue between Laura and Daniel, and this is the continuation of our of the first dialogue, which was about when they met. So let's see how they continue talking. Uh, but first, Laura is going to read out some things, and we will have to decide if they are true or false after having listened to the uh, dialogue. Es decir, ahora vamos a escuchar unas afirmaciones que hará Laura y decidiremos si son verdad o no según el diálogo. Yo voy a ir comentando y ayudando um, con el significado. Daniel's mother's Mexican. O sea, la madre de Daniel es de México. Daniel's father is from Hungary. El padre de Daniel es de Hungría. Laura wants to know if Daniel likes Hungarian. Laura quiere saber si a Daniel le gusta el húngaro. Hungarian is a difficult language for Daniel. El húngaro es un idioma difícil para Daniel. Daniel's mother doesn't speak English. La madre de Daniel no habla inglés. Laura's mother speaks English. La madre de Laura habla inglés. Great. So now let's listen to the dialogue and then we can decide if these statements were true or false. Entonces, ahora vamos a escuchar el diálogo y decidiremos si son verdad o no las afirmaciones que hemos escuchado. So, Daniel, you're from Hungary. Yes, my dad's Hungarian and my mom's Mexican. I see. So, you speak both languages? Yes, I do. I speak Hungarian and Spanish. Is Hungarian a difficult language? I don't know. Not for me, but it sounds very different from English or Spanish. How do you say good morning in Hungarian? Hmm. You're right, quite different. 
And what about English? Does anyone in your family speak it? Yes, both my mom and dad. My father teaches me. Really? Same here. That's good. Well done. So this was the dialogue. And, um, well, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Daniel. Let's repeat and let's listen one more time before I give you the answers, okay? So, Daniel, you're from Hungary. Yes, my dad's Hungarian and my mom's Mexican. I see. So, you speak both languages? Yes, I do. I speak Hungarian and Spanish. Is Hungarian a difficult language? I don't know. Not for me. But it sounds very different from English or Spanish. How do you say good morning in Hungarian? You're a good kívánok. Hmm. You're right. Quite different. And what about English? Does anyone in your family speak it? Yes, both my mom and dad. My father teaches me. Really? Same here. That's good. All right, so here are the answers. The first one, Daniel's mother is Mexican. Yes, this is true. She is Mexican. La madre de Daniel es de México. Daniel's father is from Hungary. Yes, this is true. He's Hungarian. El padre de Daniel es de Hungría. Laura wants to know if Daniel likes Hungarian. Laura quiere saber si a Daniel le gusta el húngaro. No, this is not correct. She wants to know if it's a difficult language for him. Eh, no, no quiere saber eso. Quiere saber si es un idioma difícil para Daniel. Daniel's mother doesn't speak English. La madre de Daniel no habla inglés. No, this is not correct. She does speak English. No, no es cierto. Sí que habla el inglés. Laura's mother speaks English. La madre de Laura habla inglés. Well, as a matter of fact, we don't know. So maybe she does, but uh, it's not in the dialogue, so we can't know. Esto no lo sabemos. No sale en el diálogo. Así que puede ser. Well, uh, we've come to the end of uh, Bernard Horse, our story in three parts. And today we're going to listen to the third part. But before that, I'm going to um, give you some vocabulary, answer the last question from the previous part, and also ask you some more questions about this one. So let's begin with the vocabulary first. 
In the story, you're going to hear the following words and expressions:、uh, weak, débil, put off, posponer, old and weary, viejo y cansado, rip the mask off, arrancar la máscara, the devil, el diablo, plead, suplicar, shake, estremecer, pray, rezar. Rumble, estruendo. Amazement, asombro. In amazement means asombrado, startled, alarmado, asustado. In vain, en vano. Raging, furioso. Curse, maldición. Dare, atreverse. And undo, deshacer. Deshacer algo. Okay, right. So these would be the vocabulary items for this part, and listen out for these in the story. I haven't given you the expressions fully because I don't want、uh, to tell the tale before telling the tale. So you will need to listen to the story to find out the meaning of these words and what they what they're used for in the story. So let's go ahead. Burnout horse. A tale in three parts, based on the traditional Catalan legend Cabal Bernard. Part three. With Bernard, the lumberjack had more work to do, which cost him no effort at all. So he lived a comfortable life. But as the days passed, the horse was getting older and weaker. Every time the woodman remembered his agreement with the knight. He knew that he would have to find a new horse sooner or later, but he kept putting it off until one day the knight returned to take his horse back. Good day, old man. Do you remember me? I am the knight who left Bernard his horse with you ten years ago.、Uh, of course I do. I do remember you, kind man. Very well then. Now I'm back to take Bernard home. I hope you have made good use of him. Go and bring him out, so I can see if you have kept your promise.、Uh, yes, yes, of course.、Uh, just、uh, wait here a moment. I'll go and get Bernard for you. When the woodman came back with Bernard, the knight could see that his horse was old and weary. The woodman had failed to keep his promise. This was the moment the knight had been waiting for. He suddenly ripped the mask off his face. In that very instant, the woodman saw that the knight was actually the devil himself.、Uh, oh, I am sorry, so sorry," pleaded the woodman, shaking with fear. "You know, I'd been looking everywhere to find another horse like Bernard, but no luck." I haven't found any to match his talent anywhere. Very well then, start preparing yourself. We're leaving at daybreak. You must be ready before the sun comes out. Take a last look before you say goodbye to this wonderland, as you will never see it again. 
The woodman fell on his knees, praying to the Virgin Mary of Montserrat to save him and escape his fate as a servant in the devil's palace. In that moment, to the devil's amazement, a loud rumble was heard from a distance. The horse was startled and ran away to the mountain. The devil shouted out his horse's name at the top of his voice, but all in vain. Bernard never returned. Instead, he was converted into a tall standing rock on Mount Montserrat. The woodman took his chances and offered the devil any of the rocks he could find on Mount Montserrat to take home in exchange for Rock Bernard. But the devil realized that he had been fooled and went red in the face, raging. Before he left, he threw a curse on Bernard Rock this way. I curse this rock, so no one dares to climb it from now on. Yet, if any man ever gets to the top of it, he will become a woman by the time he gets down. If a woman dares to climb up, she will be a man once she's back on the ground. Today, so they say, as a tradition, people who decide to climb Bernard Rock Repeat the climb right away to undo the devil's curse. Bernard Horse English version, music and narration by Gabor Legradi Very well, so, uh, well, we're coming to the end of our program today. But there's one thing left, and that's answering the question from the previous program and asking you some more questions about this part, which will be answered in the next program. So, let's just take a look back. Um, yes, the, the question from the second part of the story was, why did the woodman accept the deal? Well, he accepted the deal because uh, he thought that Bernard was a great horse and it could do a lot of things for him. It could help him um, in his work a lot. And he thought, well, he, if he couldn't return the same horse because it got too old and weary and it passed away, well, then he would just find another horse and replace it with that one and give that one back to the knight. Very well, so this was the answer to the question from part two. And let me ask you some questions about this third part. And these will be answered in the next program in January. So, um, the first question would be, how did the horse change during the ten years working for the woodman? So, how did the horse change during the ten years working for the woodman? ¿Cómo cambió el caballo durante los 10 años que estaba trabajando para el leñador? Second, what did the woodman do instead of finding a new horse to replace Bernard? ¿Qué hizo el leñador en lugar de buscar y encontrar un caballo para sustituir Bernard? Question number three. What did the knight tell the woodman to do when he returned after 10 years? Cuando el caballero volvió después de 10 años, ¿qué le dijo al leñador? Question number four. Was the knight surprised when he saw Bernard? 
¿Estaba el caballero sorprendido cuando volvió a ver Bernat? Question number five. What did the woodman do when the knight pulled off his mask? ¿Qué hizo el leñador cuando el caballero se quitó la máscara? Next question. What happened when the horse ran away to the mountain? ¿Qué pasó cuando el caballo se fue corriendo a la montaña? And two more questions. One is, how was the woodman saved? ¿Cómo se salvó el leñador? And the last question is, what is the end of the story? What is this legendary thing about Burnout Rock? Why is it special? Especially for people who want to climb it. Okay? So, um, ¿por qué es esta roca especial? ¿O cuál es esa cosa, esa leyenda? que se sabe de, de, esta, de esta roca, de esta parte de la montaña Montserrat, especialmente para los escaladores. Okay, it's time to say goodbye for today because we've come to the end of the program. This was Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. And, uh, well, I hope to see you, I hope to talk to you in January. So take care and goodbye.